Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. On today's show, the fabulous Adam Richard returns for an episode of Pop Friday. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I'm diving from the top floor into TV culture on Big Squid. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Things have been quite sporadic here of late as I've been recovering from COVID for a third time and it feels like there are some lingering effects uh, this time around. So uh, things have been all right, like nothing to really worry about, but it's also been a lot. So if you've been wondering what's been happening, uh, that's basically where I'm at uh, of late, and also uh, working on a couple of other projects that we will talk about at some other point. Uh, a quick plug for next Wednesday, the 3rd of May, when I'm headlining the Canberra Comedy Club. Show starts at 7.30pm, so if you live in Canberra and are around, I'd love to see you there. Uh, also, a big thank you to everyone who came to my shows in the Melbourne Comedy Festival. The live Big Squid podcast was a hoot, and the solo show on the Monday night was... look. To be completely honest with you, it was my favourite ever gig at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Pro- my favourite solo show experience. Uh, I think the back in 2007 when I did uh, all uh, three shows in Three Colours Hamo in one day and then went off and did the third one uh, that night. So it was like four shows in one day. That was a pretty good uh, experience as well. I can't uh, go past that. But uh, just from a pure stand-up point of view, it was, I, I reckon it's probably my favourite gig of all time. So it might sound like hyperbole, but it's, it's been a few weeks and I've, I've thought about it a lot and uh, made sure that I got a bit of the recency bias out the way. So if you were one of the people there, uh, thank you so much for coming along and helping to make it such a fun night. I've been performing in Melbourne since 1995, uh, at the Melbourne Comedy Festival since 1995. So to be in a situation where you're still experiencing new highs is really something and not uh, anything that I take for granted. Uh, also, quickly, if you want to laugh at something that has happened online, head to my Instagram page at Justin Hamilton Comedian and you can check out my latest reel that is up to uh, 1.4 million views. <laughs> I don't know how it's happened. That's insane. Uh, but uh, part of my management uh, put together this reel from the Just for Laughs comedy uh, festival filmed at the Sydney Opera House. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, 
I've gone viral. I've I've had COVID and I've gone viral. How weird. What a what a weird year it's been. So anyway, if you want to check out a solid 60-second routine, that is waiting there for you now. All right, I'll swing by very quickly at the end, or very briefly, I should say, at the end. Uh, but now let's bring in Adam as we're talking TV with a side order of movies. We're back. It's a pop Friday. It's been... 17 years since we did our last one. 87 years. It's been so long. It's been so long. I've had COVID for a third time. That was great. (laughs) It's been delicious. It's been been great. Uh, I want to get it as many times as possible. I don't know how you're coping. It was seriously one of the most delightful things I think I've ever done for someone who is unwell when I turned up here while you were in the midst of COVID with a Cinnabon claiming to be from Gene Takovic. Yeah, I know. It was, uh, <laughs> and that thing was so fucking delicious and I managed to stretch that out over four days. Yeah. I just ate a little bit here, a little bit there. Because <laughs> a girl needs to watch her weight when she's not getting any exercise. Am I right? So, Tell me about it. With my busted knee, I have to watch my calories. Oh, man. It's been quite painful. You've got your busted knee. I'm trying You're, to get the record amount of COVIDs. Oh, my God. I feel like COVID is, you know, attracted to you in some way. I think you are we're, putting we're out t- the vibes. We're in a toxic relationship <laughs> where it's like I see other viruses. Like at the moment, I'm seeing psoriasis at the moment. I just don't know if it's going to work out. I might go back to um, I might go back to COVID, actually. I feel like uh, at least I know where I stand. Anyway. This is Justin's medical ailments. Yes. <laughs> Ring in now and let us know what's wrong with you. I um I had a moment of you won't be able to relate to this because you've been in a loving relationship with mm-hmm. your partner the Gaza for a long time. But uh, I had a moment of realizing why I'm single yes. when uh, I went and saw the new Ari Aster film Bo is Afraid, which is a three hour movie yeah, about three anxiety, and it was great about anxiety. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it's oh really God. full on, but I loved yeah. it. But anyway, and I and then I got home. And I was watching TV and um, this place gets quite warm. So mm. sometimes I'll just not wear a shirt. Just I hope you're enjoying that, ladies. And some <laughs> men, possibly. And um, I found a, uh, a bit of popcorn in my navel. And how long had that been there? Well, I don't know. Because I, I, mean, I didn't eat popcorn at the cinema. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I had chips. So anyway. You had like... Do you find your belly button, Gary, because I'm hairy... And Gary is not. Um, he thinks my belly button is the like the lint trap in the dryer, yeah. Because it just collects things. Yeah. Like yeah. just everything seems to end up in there. Yeah, it's it's, like it's phenomenal. Loose change. Yeah. you know the Beaumont children. <laughs> I was just about to say it, but you got in first. Has anyone checked Adam's navel? It's in there. Jesus, we should have gone here first. Anyway, I can't I, believe I went to the. That's the oldest joke in the world. Well, it's never not funny. The sad old hack. The nah, dad, that's the all right. Dad died the other day, which is sad. I saw. Oh, that's why it's in. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Man, that is disappointing. Anyway, it's let's in, not get too serious because. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, is, but there was popcorn in my navel. <laughs> well, it's a perfect start to the pop pop culture podcast. Yes, is the popcorn. Popcorn. That may be. That'll be the title of my next show. Popcorn in the navel. <laughs> popcorn in the navel. Yeah. Popcorn in the navel. Um, all right. You've got places to go and I have six shows that I want to talk about oh with God. you. But I reckon a couple of them were just going to touch base. Yeah. I've seen a movie as well. Oh, what movie did you see? I watched Ghosted on the Apple Plus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a movie. <laughs> Mate, it looks fucking awful. It's, and yeah. I like those two leads. Yeah, Chris Evans is great. Anna de Armas is great. The film is... It feels like a paint-by-numbers script. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone that might want to watch it. but So I can't tell you what the funniest thing in it is. But the funniest thing in it is... Uh, there's a bunch of cameos. Mm. That you're like, oh, I didn't know that person was in it. I don't know that person was in it. And then that's the fact that it's who they are that makes it funny. But in the end, it's a bit meh. Yeah, it it looks fucking diabolical. And um, we are... The uh, movies are doing actors a disservice because I... You know, like, maybe Chris Evans isn't very good. 
Yeah. But I think he is. Yeah, he's fine. But maybe... But, you know, you can't tell because the movies that... Like, he should be in a romantic action comedy. Yeah. Look, I read the synopsis of it Mm. and it sounds problematic, to be honest. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, You know the other thing? I just don't think it's very well directed. Right. Uh, I don't know that Dexter Fletcher is much of a director. Like, just... Like, big action sequences are played too much for laughs. Right. You know, it's got kind of like a true lies sort of vibe where you're like... And I don't think James Cameron is the funniest person who ever lived. Like, no. And there are just some jokes in True Lies that I'm like, someone should have talked to you out of that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, um, then, and this has got a similar vibe. Yeah. And Isn't he just, like texting her 10 or 11 times trying to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's all that. But it's... Yeah, that's all, that's all difficult and weird. And that's kind of addressed in... The, like in the in the movie, They're right? Like, you're, okay, you're not okay with the way yeah. you're behaving. Like you're too clingy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's just uh, just something about the action sequences just feel kind of plastic and yep. green screeny. Yeah. And yeah, just have no kind of weight to them. Yes. Yes. A lot of these movies have that problem now, yeah. where it's like there's. Of course, we're suspending disbelief when yeah. we watch these films. Like I'm not like when I'm watching Raiders of the Lost Ark. I you know, but you know what? I'm suspending disbelief, but Harrison Ford could have been actually hurt if that fucking yeah. thing rolled over him at the start because it was heavy yeah. and like it was there's, real. There's a scene where they're driving, um, you know, one of those highly decorated buses that you find in certain parts of, you know, uh, South Asia. Like, okay, yeah. You know, um, and so they're driving one of those and she's driving it in reverse the whole time. And you just never feel like there's any problem with that. Right. Like, I wanted to feel like that it was, A, bad enough that they're in a car chase with one of these buses. But, B, it's, it's a, you know, she's driving it backwards. Oh, my God. How terrifying is this? Yes. And it's just a bus going backwards. Right. Yes. Like, there's no, I don't know. I just felt like there was no jeopardy in the action sequences. They just felt too cartoony. Um also, everyone in movies and TV wears too much makeup now. Like, like Jason Sudeikis looks uh, like he's drowning. Let's not. All right. <laughs> uh, well, maybe we should just go straight to Ted. Yeah, let's so, go. But, but by so the way, the Apple Plus. Maybe, maybe oh, that's another thing. So much product placement for Apple products in this right. film. It's out of control. Yeah, that's a shame because she's the best thing in the last James Bond movie. Yeah, so she can obviously yes. Handle a movie like this, and I thought this—I thought that was going to be the thing, but yeah. I guess that's you know, a good director and a mediocre director. Yeah, and she's just, she's just a pretty girl holding a gun in this, right? You know, continuing my ongoing series of bringing most things back to the things I love. Mm. At least John David Washington has trouble driving the car yeah. when he first gets into it in Tenet. Yeah, like you don't really feel that he's in complete control no. of it because it's kind of going against what he's used to. Yeah, and every time Indy drives a car backwards, forwards, sideways, you're like, yeah. you do you know what you're doing? Yeah, he's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's only just barely getting by. And I get that she's a super competent, super spy. No, but it's a it's a fucking bus. Yeah, and backwards, it's a highly decorated bus. Like yeah. it's you know they. Shoot all the people off it, which also is problematic. They were going somewhere. If someone came and got up, got me off the three twenty, yeah, I'd be like, no, I'm. I need to get to Central Station. I'm staying on. Yeah, yeah, I got places to go. You- I've got a crutch, can't you see? Yeah, stand up. I've got an Give accessibility me a device. Now get out of my way. Well, let's let's use that as a, a segue, the makeup segue into Sedacus and Ted Lasso. Yes, which is um, having. Uh, a very interesting experience with it, mm-hmm. where I'm still finding the show delightful. Yes. I, I found lots of the late... You're up to date, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I found lots of the things that happened on uh, Wednesday night quite delightful. And yes. Quite, and, and sometimes things that I felt like I needed, like, mm-hmm. you know, th- this is going to be full of spoilers, so if you don't want anything ruined, uh, tune out now. But um, the, the team coming to clean up. Oh yeah, that was that. That was a genuinely very sweet moment. Yeah, but the show is too long. Yep, way too long. Why is Keely off on in her own TV show? Why is she having her own show? I sorry, I'm. Nate was too much of a fuckhead in the second season for me to now. He's not. He hasn't done enough to be rehabilitated. He doesn't deserve this. He like he 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 doesn't deserve this no. because 
in, they did such a good job in the first season of showing these little fucking shithead moments yeah. from him. So when he did turn into a heel, it made sense. Now yeah. I'm I'm totally up for a redemption story. Yeah, but where's been where's the redemption been? So he one like, one supermodel was mean to him, and that's enough for us to suddenly go. Oh yeah, you're worth you're worthwhile. Yeah. No. I just don't buy that that woman would have been interested in. No. I st- I, yeah. I don't get that at all. Like I've. I've never... Unless she's going to do the dirty on him and then he'll turn... I just... It just I don't know I don't where it's know. going and I don't care. It's yeah. another problem. Yeah. I don't care about Nate's storyline. Like, they have not given me... No. If it was more of um, uh, Rupert being a dick to him, I'd be like, yeah, 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 give us more of that. Give yes. us more of his dissatisfaction yes. at work. Him suddenly realising after being... After Ted believing in him mm. and, you know, not being mm. perfect, that is a... That's a much better friendship to have than the person who is being uber nice to you. Yeah. Who, like you, you're you're probably also, white anting you when they walk out of the room. Right. <laughs> well, you, you also had Rebecca do the thing of explaining to Keely what Jack was doing. Yeah. So you could have could have had that running parallel. Yeah. Like anyway, it's just it's just been a misstep. The I I did feel very happy and I've been discussing this for ages. I needed Ted to come up with a good idea yes. because he's been such a fucking idiot. I just didn't understand why anyone was listening to him apart from him being nice. Yeah. And so for him to come up with an idea that is an old idea mm-hmm. but is a good idea mm-hmm. was great. The, the the thing that's really holding me in is, is Roy and Jamie. Yeah, Roy and Jamie are great. I thought the... <laughs> Roy Roy getting angry because he was coming up with puns and just <laughs> fucking furious. That's, that's me at work. I do that at work and I get really angry at myself because yeah. my immediate boss at work is a wonderful pun master. Like, he's yeah. very skilled at it. It's, it's not his only... The only string to his bow and he doesn't yeah. do it a lot. But when he does it, it's really good. But I, like, for some reason being around him, I just keep doing it. And I'm like, I'm really angry at myself because they're always half-assed. I'm like, yeah. Adam, stop, stop. Yeah. I, I understood Roy. I did not like the dick string thing. Like, I thought that was too slapstick and too much and kind of... Like, I got the point of it, but it just was... I'm just... I think I'm tired of all of the half-assed attempts at things when I'm like, this is nearly 60 minutes. It's a, it's meant to be a sitcom. Yeah. Why are you bothering me with, like, this dick string <sighs> thing when you could just barrel through a half-hour show? And, you know... If, look, there were, if it was two half-hour shows, I would have loved the dick string. Yeah. Look, I wasn't into the dick string thing either. I thought it was a bit on the nose, to yeah. be honest. But I do have to admit... It was mildly redeemed by how much Roy was enjoying it and his mild disappointment when they didn't go back to it. Oh, when he, he when he had them all attached to Jamie. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. was hilarious. And then it's like, <laughs> but, there's, you know. That's the thing. It's like I hated, last week I hated the, um, I, I love that he got a little storyline to himself, but I hated the whole jazz sequence in Amsterdam. Yeah. But then I got that threesome joke and I'm like, oh, oh see, that see. was hilarious. Yeah, the threesome joke was fake. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes at work I say to my writers uh, about certain questions, I'm like, I don't really like this question. I love this joke, but mm. this is a joke in search of a question. Yeah. And we uh, we do things the other way around here. Yeah. Like, this yeah, should be... stand up. Yeah, this... This should be a question yeah. and you should just organically find a joke. And if you don't, Tom will. Like, yeah. But like, don't let the tail wag the dog. And I feel so much this season the tail is wagging the dog. Yeah. Someone's sort of a funny gag yeah. and they've tried to find their way there yeah. with the characters. And it's like, it's not, it's yeah. not okay. Uh, quiz shows, question, joke, TV, storyline. Joke. Yes. Stand up. Kermit the Frog figurine in the arsehole. <laughs> anyway, that's, that was just for Adam. Um, even though it's it's um even though it's flawed, oh, uh, it, everyone's delightful. The performances I, I'm, are great. Yeah. The writing is still really good. It's just someone needs to go through it with a big fucking red pen and yeah. cross out half the scenes. Yeah. Like, why is it an hour? I, I would have I would have been happy to have it for. Twice as long yeah. with half the episodes and I, keeping them super tight. Yeah, I don't know why they've gotten so fat. It's yeah. very annoying. I had the same problem with um, old mate Buckethead and his prob- his, <laughs> his puppet son. Hang on, what? Sorry? <laughs> Mandalorian. Oh, the Mandalorian, yeah. <laughs> Puppethead and... <laughs> mate. Buckethead and the puppet son. <laughs> mate, like, like, look, 
I just want Mando yeah. and Grogu. I don't give a shit about fucking anything else. No. I've got Andor for meaty stuff. Yeah. And for this, I just want yeah. I just want the voice of Pedro Pascal and the Muppet. Yeah. And some, you know, occasionally some shooting. Yeah. Maybe there's a monster. A little bit of action. Maybe they do a like, you know, like I wish it was more like I wish it was more episodic where it was yes. just, you know, like the fugitive, where yeah, yeah. there's an ongoing storyline. Littlest hobo. Yeah, the littlest hobo. I That's it. The littlest hobo. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah. I wanna sit down. <laughs> I made I made that <laughs> reference to a friend of mine who is twelve years younger than me. Yeah. And I mentioned she had no idea what I was no. talking about, and then I showed her. She was like, "Was that a show?" That was and I a said, show. "It was such a show that you could make that comment as a shorthand on yeah. stage, and people knew what you were talking yeah. about." It was the best show. Um, yeah, I yeah I felt the same about the Mandalorian. But once again, you know, even when I was getting annoyed, they put Grogu in a in a in that thing, just pressing no, 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 no. no. no that was funny. No, him no. him taking food. That yeah, was funny. It's all like found found the moment that he used the force to protect them to be actually quite moving. Really sweet. Yeah, and I love that. Like finally, when he feel like, because I love that it makes him tired. Yes, you just like ah blonk. <laughs> We, we all get that. It, it all makes sense. I've been using the force for ages. Oh, I'm, I'm conked out. Time for a nine eyes. Um, so let's. Uh, what about Lucky Hank? Are you up to date with Lucky Hank? Am I up to? No, I don't think I am. The last one I watched was the dinner party. Oh, okay. With so the grandfather clock. I reckon there's two more episodes yeah, to go yeah, yeah. of that, that, which I loved, mm. and the big uh, revelation about Mm. Hank's childhood was Mm. really well handled, I thought. Yes. I love how funny that show is. Like, it's really... Yeah. Like, again, they have this bunch of really dysfunctional characters. Yeah. And when it's funny, it's because the characters are being funny. Like, old mate trying to pick up the woman in the open relationship. (laughs) Oh, that, that that was a highlight. That was honestly so. It it, it it also feels like a TV series that is. Uh, I think I think it's getting better the further it goes. Yeah. Um. What is his name? Is he it's Dietrich Bader? Is the actor? Yes, he is so funny, and so I feel great. like he's getting funnier the yeah. further it goes. Um. It it feels. I'm really enjoying it. It feels like it's like a notch. Below where I would like it to be, like it's yeah, one yeah, level yeah. down. But it might be if it comes if it comes back for a second season, it might be like okay, we've got the first season, boil. we've learnt what works and with what doesn't yeah. work. I don't know because it's based on a book. Maybe it's only meant to be a season. I don't know. I don't know either. Okay. But Marae Enos is oh my god, amazing! Like yeah. just the looks, the looks she gives Mate. when <laughs> Bob Odenkirk's character when Hank is just being a dickhead, just like. Just like withering kind yeah. of like, nah, this is not okay. She's very good at the blank smile. Yeah. I'm smiling, yeah. but I'm not happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's um, one of my criticisms of it is they have such a strong uh, team mm. of actors and people go missing for yeah. ages. Uh, the kid who plays Finney, who felt like he was just going to be so important, just yeah. disappeared for yeah. about three episodes and then... Uh, it's not giving anything away, but turned up in the latest episode. And I oh, was okay. like, oh, oh okay, Finney's back. Great. Uh, the same with um, Meg, who works at the bar. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. going to be a... The daughter, oh, the oh, daughter of the... Disappears. The alcoholic tutor. Yeah. yeah, but maybe that is something, uh, as I said, still really enjoying it. Yeah. Kind of like a perfect Thursday show. Yeah. I'm glad I get to Thursday. Oh, lucky Hank. Yeah. Great. Uh, so something that you finished that I have not finished mm. and I am at the end of episode six, which yes. I'm sure I'll have to remind you of what happened in that, yep. is beef. Oh my God, how good is beef? So I can't... Like every week is like a, a brilliant short film, but it just happens to be about the same characters. Oh my Lord. I have gotten to a point... Like I can't watch one episode at a time. Oh yeah, no, because it. it's you know you said a 3 minute 3 hour movie of anxiety and this is a 3 hour movie of anxiety. They just chopped it up into half hour chunks. Yeah, like bite-sized <laughs> bite-sized chunks of like how can beef be so like packed with comedy and drama yeah. and and like amazing performances and it never really outstays its welcome past half an hour and yet Ted Lasso's going for a full hour and 
It's too much. And it feels like an hour. It feels like an hour. Beef doesn't feel like, like you get to the end of half an hour and you're like, oh, oh. I need a break. Yes. I need, like, give me a, I need a little release valve. And all the characters are great. Everyone's all, great. Like, uh, Stephen Yun is just magnificent. Oh. And, um, you know, we've loved him since The Walking Dead. Yeah. I don't know if we'd seen him in anything before, but I'm so glad that his career has kicked on. Yeah. Ali Wong, uh, very good at the pained smile. Yeah. The blank the blank smile. My sister and I were talking about it yesterday and yeah, we we're talking about the how the the class um system, which is in a lot of things from kind of like South Korean creators. Yes. You know, it's a it's a big part of Squid Game. It's a big part of Parasite. It's like yeah. a it's a really kind of of like I know it's a big thing in America, but America likes to pretend everyone's equal, so they don't put it in their, yes, you know, entertainment. But obviously, people of uh, South Korean descent are just going, no, 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 it's a big problem. Like yeah. some people have so much money, it's stupid. Yeah, and other people have nowhere near enough money, and it's stupid. Yeah, and it's like that kind of. Also, the fact that the richest person in the show is white, I yes. find really telling. Like yes. that, it's like. There's Maria Bello and she treats money like it means nothing. Oh, yeah. And then you've yeah. got Stephen Yoon's character who is just Desperate. drowning in debt. Yeah. And Try, trying like, anything to just get, keep his head above water and live the American dream. And yeah. it's... Uh, I just love that that there's all of that going on and it's never really spoken out loud. It's no. just, it's a lot of show don't tell. It's like, yeah. here's Maria Bello's house. What does she collect? Fucking crowns. Crowns, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's magnificent. She's so great as yeah. well. Like she's she's toxic and I love it. She's really good. She's, she's really so good. great in it. And I feel like I've met her oh, on yes. a number of occasions. Yes. Uh, the young brother, Paul. Oh. He is Oh my god, young Mazzano. He's completely hot. <laughs> like I had a feeling. I had like, a feeling. There's a there's a couple of times when he's taking Instagram photos of himself. I'm like, dude, put it away. I'm going to sprain an eyeball. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, the the last the last uh, thing that just happened was um, uh, Danny just threw Isaac under the bus by oh. claiming that he drove the car, and Isaac's kind of a crosser. He, he, that's a that's a fascinating character as yeah. well because I kind of don't trust him, and I think he is really positive and and, yeah. and and he's kind of a man of his word, even though he's completely dodgy. Yeah, but I'm just like, I don't understand why Danny wants to hang out with him because it's like, as Paul keeps saying, he lost the... Like, he's the reason their parents lost the motel. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's a dodgy asshole. Yeah. Like, why... But, you, but, you, but they kind of show you how... How charming. Charming and how, is and like, charismatic. And, yeah. And he's I, funny. He's so funny. Oh, my Lord. Although, you know, problematic in real life, but... Well, wasn't... I don't quite know that story, but... Yes, the, I, it's I, confusing. Didn't he just write some... He said some horrific stuff on a podcast. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you know... We're, we're right here doing it ourselves. Yeah. Um, you know, he did all the interstitial paintings. Oh, did he really? The, the, oh, yeah, they're great. he's an artist. Like, right. Yeah, and he did all the paintings that are... All, I say interstitial. This is the opening titles of each yeah. episode. But when you're watching a whole bunch at once, they feel like interstitials. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, as I said, I, I can only watch one episode yeah. at a time. Well, I think we, we watched the last four all in one go. Right. Because it was like, oh, I've, got to, I've got to get into the next one. I've got to get into the oh, next one. Okay. Um, and there's more to come. You are like... There's just... It's, there's so Christ. much delicious shit. Well... <laughs> Big shout out to Ashley Park as Naomi, who is fucking oh. awful, and I love her. She's amazing, but I can't go past George. Oh, he is George is the dumbest person. Joseph alive. Lee, I love him. he is like it's. Oh, he's just broken up with Mia because he thinks that his mum's onto it, <laughs> but the mum's been trying to suggest that she knows that Amy's anyway, and 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 Danny's been wanking to the picture of Amy's. Bum and doesn't realise that it was Amy's bum. Like that is, that is all just gold, just gold. George, the guy who plays George is in um, Star Trek Picard. He's the right. tactics officer on the Titan, and right. I think he's Bajoran. Anyway, it has like right. seven lines in it. <laughs> he's so funny. Like every time he's on, I'm wrapped because he oh. is such a dickhead. Oh uh, yeah, there's just I just feel there's there are a couple of scenes where he's called upon to do. As much dramatically as um, some of the other actors. Right. And personally, I don't think he's 
quite up to it. Up to that. Like oh, he's great okay. at being the comedy's good. Yeah, and he's great at being, you know, a dickhead. Like he's yeah. great at being like super sensitive and yeah. you know, and like the what was your favorite line the other day? Oh, I <laughs> her Instagram for the captions. I look at her Instagram for the captions is <laughs> is the modern you only I only get Playboy for the articles. No, it's so good. It was like that is that is honestly one of the best lines in the series. I love it. But yeah, he's he's that kind of like he's so trying to convince himself that he's you know good and amazing yeah. and his terrible terrible art. His terrible oh, art. It's, it's that everyone tries not to tell him is terrible but it's quite clearly oh. awful. It's like it's like a rainbow dinosaur took a shit. I, yeah, it's they, they all look like lumps of shit. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Colourful shit. Um, three <laughs> more shows to discuss with you. Uh, are you up to date with Barry? Yes. To the point where I keep calling Gary. Gary. <laughs> uh, great, great. No ho, Hank. Just no ho, Hank is my favourite. So. Um, uh, for people who are watching Barry and mm. might not be across this, the Prestige TV podcast on the Ringer Network has uh, Sean Fennessy interviewing Bill Hader after every episode, oh. and uh, he did it for season three as yeah, well. Yeah. And they are, if you're enjoying Barry, I highly recommend this podcast because Bill Hader is a legend and is very insightful on how they come about things and yeah, why yeah, they yeah. do things. And uh, I have not listened to that, but one of my favourite things from this week is that. There was such a beautiful um, parallel between what uh, I always forget the name of the girlfriend, um, Sally. Sally. Yep. What Sally was saying to that actor who came in, yep. she was just being bullying her and being an asshole to her. Yeah. But everything she was saying to her was essentially, it's almost like she was talking to Barry. Yeah. Like because it's almost like she's the audience. Talking to Barry because we have put up with some terrible behavior from him, yeah, as a character because he's so charming and we love him, yeah. And then and he's the lead, and, and he's you can't the lead. help but no. And it's Bill Hader, he's a delight, yeah. Uh, but then at the end, when Noho Hank basically says the same thing, yeah, to Barry, it's like it's like the audience being allowed to go, Oh, okay, I might have to let go of who I, yeah, who I care about in this show, yeah. Like, that was a really interesting turn. Like, to have that as a foreshadowing. Yeah. Like, her saying, you're just getting by and being charming and your big boobs and your big hair and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, and then at the end, Hank just basically being becoming our viewpoint of, like, you're a psychopath. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. A psychopath is calling a psychopath a psychopath. Well, he, he completely... It's like uh, he completely forgot that he'd turned to the feds. Yeah. Completely forgot. So when he's called out on it, he's a bit like, what? What? And because he's only ever in the moment. He's never yeah. anything else. And also the feds thing is not about him selling anyone out. No. It's about him trying to trap someone into in- living a life with him away from everyone they care about. Well, he protects her. She, well, she makes him, yeah, he, you know, he makes her feel safe. Yeah, but. Sure. <laughs> um, he doesn't. <laughs> Gene Cousno. Uh, oh, my God. Henry Winkler, like. Has he won any Emmys? Because he I know is. He's been nominated. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. few times. He's so, so in that second episode when he's doing the performance to oh the journalist so and... Uh, 
Bill Hader in the podcast said that there had been another scene. Yeah. But uh, where you could see him getting sweatier. But yeah. it was so much funnier to see the start of it and then kind of get to the end and he's drenched in sweat. He's drenched in sweat. So the um <laughs> So you know when the journalist goes and visits uh Barry and mm. uh he says uh, it, it took him three hours, but he told me um that was an ad lib. He just yeah. dropped that in and they were like, Great, <laughs> great, let's keep that. Of course it was a three hour one one man show. One man show. Um, the uh, the father of the woman that was murdered, and I can't think of. Oh, what Bunny from the Wire. Yeah. <laughs> what what's he getting up to? Like every time they see him, like he's cleaning out the back of his car. What did yeah, he do to that journalist that he's know. freaked him out so much? He now speaks German. I don't know. It, that was mad. Oh, also, I love um, Jean's agent, like throwing oh, the yeah. computer in the pool in the background. Oh yeah, like the. <laughs> Like the car crashing, that was all great. <laughs> like when he's like, I talked to the so-and-so from Vanity Fair and then it just cuts to a wide shot of like, crash. Yeah. <laughs> well, also you hear him smashing up that room and then you hear, oh no, sorry, this is the kitchen. Like, mate, focus on what you're doing. So many. Do you know one of my favourite things was there was a beautiful setup and payoff of the... Podcast? The, yes. Yes. <laughs> the criminals, the murderers for the podcast and then you see Fred Armisen just sweating. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, they said, you know, their podcast is uh, gadgets that gadgets don't work that don't and then work. it blows off his hand. Like that whole scene. Like, you know, so so Hayder and his crew have never been shy in reminding us that Barry is not nice and we He's should not. not be following Barry. But they give us explanations for Barry. Yeah. And... Then when he ends up in a scene where someone's trying to assassinate him, they're like, oh, I hope he's all right. I know. It's, yeah. And he's acting so good, like grabbing the random shield, <laughs> shooting the guy. Um, I'm also, uh, Fuchs is making me laugh. Stephen Root as Fuchs. Uh, Stephen he, Root is like MVP in everything ever. He's, he's back and forth on giving him up, not giving him up. Oh, I know. Trying to come in. Just anyway. but also the things that just like trigger him. Like he's like, I hate Barry. Barry's the worst. He's like, and then he's like, just happens to see a scene from Rain Man. It's like, oh, that's me and Barry. I can't betray Barry. It's like, mate. what is wrong with you? Yeah, they're, they're all <laughs> mate. And they just constantly play that Rain Man music at the end of the so episode. So funny. <laughs> also, um, Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro for I, no good reason. I I well, so he he got once again. This is off the podcast. He he got in touch with. Bill Hader and said, I love the show. If I'd love to be on it. Can I be on and it? And so they were like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, here's a character called Toro. <laughs> and then he was he was really like, it, it, it really upsets me that I'm not into his movies because I love him so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, he was constantly on. I, I really enjoyed Nightmare Alley. Is that what it was called? Yeah, I didn't mind Nightmare That's a really Alley. good film. Yeah. And I enjoyed the, um, I know he didn't really direct any of them, but I enjoyed his Cabinet of Curiosities for okay. the most part. I did not watch that, but um, supposedly on set he was. So he they he's they're all friends with uh, Alejandro Inaratu. Is that how you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, Inaratu kept texting Bill Hader saying, "Oh, uh, Toro reckons you just don't know what you're doing." Like they were just kind of they were like just negging him. Yeah, pressing his buttons. Oh, you're going to shoot it that way? Like, but it was anyway. It was just. Um, and uh, he, he oh, Pinocchio is also good for a Del Toro. Is it yeah. okay? Well, I, I do love him, but um, he he's, he was so good. It was his idea. They wanted him to be a little bit Edward Edward James Olmos. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, Blade Runner, and so he brought in his own cane and everything, <laughs> and they just came up with that look themselves. But um, that, it's funny. I'm really. What what's how many episodes are there to go? I don't Five? I don't I don't I don't like to know how many episodes there are or anything. Also, because sometimes they blindside you. Like a couple of shows that I've enjoyed recently have ended on episode nine, and I'm like, what? I yeah. mean, there's no one next week. Yeah, yeah. How is that the end? Yeah. What is? Aww. I'm disappointed that it's ending, but I think it's the right decision. Yeah, I think they've painted themselves into such a corner now that it would feel weird to keep going. Like it would become. Yes. Have you watched Search Party? No. They painted themselves into like five corners over five seasons. Right. And all of them are more ridiculous than the last. But because it's it's more of a... It's kind of like a sketch comedy show that has a weird, vague plot. Right. Um, so you kind of... You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll run with it because it's mostly comedy. 
um, and it's mostly stupid. But yeah, there's they paint themselves into the tiniest little corners. And yeah. by the fifth season, I think there was like a zombie apocalypse that right. went for about four episodes. Right? It's like what's <laughs> happening here? Like seriously, what is happening? You're like what? The, you can't come back from that. But I, I thought that at the end of like every season, it's like right. oh, they can't bring this back. Oh no, there we go. Well, oh, they're alive again. Whatever. Yep. Yeah, they're <laughs> bonkers. Um, two shows to discuss. Let's go the finale of uh, of one of our favourites in Perry Mason. Oh my god, it was great. It was so good. It this season, I. We've discussed this before. I thought the first season was great. Yeah. I have loved this season. Mm. And the finale was full of ramifications, which yeah. is like it, it wasn't, you know, and that's the end of the season and reset. You can't yeah. reset. No. But it will continue and it finished like, like I felt weirdly distressed when Paul said, Hey, I can't work with you anymore because yeah. I've got to work on stuff. And it's like, well, you've got to come and work for him. You're Paul yeah, Drake. you're Paul Drake. That's who works with Perry Mason. Um, Perry ending up where he ends up. Yeah, that's not okay. A, a, a half win. A half win. A quarter win, maybe. Well, I mean, realistically, you know, they, there was... They escaped the death sentence. Yeah, but they did kill someone. <laughs> but they did kill someone. And the right person went in, which was good. Yeah. Anyway, it was great. It, it was, was just so great. And also, you know, we got to have, after weeks of going, is Hope Davis, like, why is she in this if she's going to be nice? Because I know she's always turns out to be not nice. Yeah. Like, always waiting for, like, the other shoe to drop with her yeah. whenever she plays anyone. Yeah. And then, yeah. And well, she was getting stung in the face by bees. Oh, my Lord. Right? <laughs> like, I'd forgotten that was a thing. <laughs> You know, like yeah. it, you, as soon as you saw it, it was like, oh yeah, that's right. That was that was a choice that, that was people a, that was made. Thing people did. So the um, <laughs> so it was funny. Earlier on, I'd been saying to you, oh, I hope she stays in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when she turned out to be, you know, the the, the mastermind, I was yeah. like, oh well, I guess she'll only be in the season. But it looks like I'm getting my wish. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, like I love the idea that the kingpin of this storyline is Hope Davis. Yeah. I, lo- I also love her house. Like, I don't know where they filmed oh, that, but yeah, that is yeah. spectacular. Yeah. Like, the that's another thing with this show. Like, I know obviously there's a lot of CGI and stuff, and they're recreating, you know, unfinished coliseums and things like that. Yeah. Um, but so much of the it must be just location work and finding old cars to stick on a street. Yeah. And like, where do they? Where are these places? Yeah. It looks magnificent. It looks incredible. Yeah. Um. Matthew Reese as Perry Mason. He's is so everything good. you want in a lead. Yeah. He is. He's got that hangdog look. He yes, you're on his side. He's so charming. He's such a fucking loser. Oh, he's so. It's all good. I uh, I read a really interesting article about you know he rides that hilarious Harley. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like that thirties Harley. Yeah. Apparently that's an electric bike that they stuck things on. Oh really? Yeah. Like they and tried then, to and then, get then a Harley. The audio. Yeah, 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 and they just made it sound like that. In post Because it's too loud To film with Because it would be Then you'd have to do All the sound in post Yeah, yeah. Ah, That's interesting yeah. I did not realise that Yeah 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 um, I thought that was fascinating It's like an electric An electric bike That they've stuck things on so Yeah A um, couple of other uh, Also it looks like Catherine Waterson Will come back Which yeah, is a win Because she she's great So when uh, I was not expecting that in the finale. So it was like, oh, that's good. I liked her character. And I'm, you know, the idea, you know, whenever season three comes along, it'll be six months later, you know. Or Or three years as it was last time. Yeah, (laughs) it's great. So I was happy about that. Also, Justin Kirk getting out from under... Right. ...what he was kind of... Because I felt like they kind of sidelined... Hamburger, Ham- yeah. Hamilton Burger. <laughs> it, it makes Mum happy that Justin Kirk is Hamilton Burger. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that maybe I should come up with a character called Kirk Burger. Um, he, um, but getting him out and so he can be more active. Yeah, I, I did love that they kind of, you know, his deputy went full racist in the court. And yes. you kind of like without. That's the other thing I love about it. You know, you never need to have a scene where. Ham says to him, it's like, I'm taking off the case because you're a fucking asshole racist. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, no, I'm taking off the case. Because why? I won this case for you. I've done this and that and the other thing. is just like, just 
just stop arguing. Like it's yeah. just you, they never have to say it, but it's like it's clear. Yeah. Like that his you know his prejudice is exactly why he doesn't want him working there. Yeah. And it was just yeah, it was great. He um the uh Mark O'Brien is the actor, really good. So I good. hated him so much. Yeah. Uh grotesque. Della Street has taken my, my Kim Wexler whole uh, so she's fantastic. I every every scene with her is great. Yeah, uh, Shay Wiggum always 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 great. magnificent. Uh, Chris Chalk as Paul Drake is great. It's just such a real, well put together show. I just wish they went through more cases. Like I oh yeah, as a as a kind of like a crime fan of yeah. like crime fiction and detective shows and stuff. It just like I get spending ten episodes to tell one. Yeah, Chinatown style story. Yeah, um, but it just kind of like I'm just like oh, I wish, wish they had like two or three cases on the go. Yeah, it'd be fun to kind of. That's a really interesting idea. Maybe starting the next season where you're halfway through one case, mm. they're working on the next one, and then another one pops up, and yeah. then maybe they all kind of interlink in some yeah, way. Yeah, that would be great. But yeah, it was just like I don't know if you've ever watched Murder One. No, which the first uh, series, that. first series of Murder One was one case. Yes, and it went for like the entire thirteen episodes or whatever it was, or twenty six or something. It went forever, um, and then second series where Anthony LaPaglia took over, it was like the cases were like four or five weeks long, and they kind of overlapped and dovetailed, so you'd have you know more than one case going on. Oh right, right. And okay. I, I feel like yeah, that would be more that would be more interesting because there was a period where it was just like. It was obvious who the murderer was, yeah. Like because they'd found out, and then the rest of the time was trying to find out, find out who was pulling the strings. And it's yeah. like, well, I'm just not getting the satisfaction of this particular oh, case yeah. Yeah. until the last episode, and they tie everything up. It's like I would have been happier if they'd gotten out of that one, yeah. And then there was some other. You could, you know, you could easily confect another another crime that's also somehow linked to the dumped fruit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, some, someone else could have been about to dob or, yeah. you know, about to become, like, go on to the grand jury, which is what happened to the, the you know, instigating case. But, yeah, yeah I just I just felt like for, from someone who enjoys these kind of things, like, that core crime was solved really early on. Yeah. And the the rest of it, the conspiracy was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy following this, but... I need another crime to solve. Yeah, right. Okay. I need more detective work. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they could. They maybe they could have solved it, and then it could, the next could have been him trying to keep himself out of court. Yeah, you know, or whatever. Um, Diara Kilpatrick as Clara Drake. Uh, oh, what a, she was so good. She was really good as well. Like that is in lesser TV shows. Yeah, she's just the wife. Yeah, but, but in this, yeah, she gets a scene. She her, gets her relationship fun. with you know living with the brother. Oh, oh yeah. man, that's all hard of that's work. great. But just like that, you know, she got to do some investigating. Yep. She got to you know, well, yep. Paul had a little nine eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's finish on the most bonkers TV show I have seen in who knows how long. I. It's it's insane. Mrs. Davis. Mrs. Davis. Um, th- so this is what the synopsis says. <laughs> and like, for anyone <laughs> who has no idea what we're about to talk about, I'm not adding anything to this. I, this is exactly what it says mm. just on Google. After being ousted from her covenant, Sister Simone vows to destroy the one responsible, a powerful artificial intelligence known as Mrs. Davis. To exact her revenge, Simone makes a deal with the algorithm and is thrust into a dangerous world of secret societies, religious conspiracies and age-old legends as she searches for the whereabouts of the most cliched and overused MacGuffin, the Holy Grail. (laughs) To complete the ridiculous and far-fetched task, Simone teams up with her rebellious ex-boyfriend Wiley, who is now the leader of an underground resistance movement dedicated to stopping Mrs. Davis. Together they face a variety of mysteries and powerful forces as they search for the Grail, the one thing capable of destroying the algorithm once and for all. As they go grow closer to completing their quest, Simone must confront her past, prove the strength of her faith, and uncover long-hidden secrets as she fights to liberate a society that may not want to be freed. And I feel like that is just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, that's not even that's not even a quarter of the first episode. Like <laughs> So you, like when you when you what like I love it. I'm loving this. I got I've got to say if you if you're on the fence about it, uh, two 
decapitations in the first 12 minutes will kind of make you go, what is this show? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> it is so outrageously uh, violent. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not all the way through, but when violence happens, it is violent. It is violent. Um, Betty uh, Gilpin, is that how you pronounce oh, her? Oh, yeah. She, she is, is mesmerising. And, and I love that she also thinks everything that's happening is kind of bonkers. Yes, like I like that as well. She she is a great viewpoint character in that you know she'd be like, what? Yeah, what do you, what do you mean this is happening? And it's like, yes, I had that question, but everyone else seemed to just be taking it in their stride. Yes, but thank God you're questioning it because it's insane. It's insane. There are ongoing jokes that make me laugh every time. Mm-hmm. In particular, every time they make a phone call on remotes, they break them <laughs> so no one can. Follow them like burner phones. The burner phones <laughs> is never not funny. Um, the 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 crazy Australianisms that um, uh, is that Chris Sam Meter or no? What's his name? Uh, is 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 it JQ or Q? Whatever his name is, but he's um, oh, J- Diminotopoulos. From, yeah, he's from. Uh, Oh, what's that show Gary loves? Silicon Valley. Oh, yes, that's where he's from, right? Yeah. Um. So, um. Someone told me that he was from Silicon Valley, and I have I've never watched that. Oh my god, you would love it. Yeah. Right. It's it's as for a show that just like, you know, just occasionally something will come up, and you're like, that was from eight episodes ago. Right. 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 <laughs> well, um, he he is JQ as the. It, by the way, his Australian accent is. Yeah, for top, a Canadian, not, he's doing pretty well. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> but just like. Having a spoon of Vegemite before jumping out of a plane. Mate, like, it, what the fuck? You, you, you feel like this is everything that Lindelof got from making season three of The Leftovers in, in Australia. Melbourne. You know? He is he is so funny. And he uh, just walking around with his shirt undone. It's undone for no good reason. Um, Wearing I'd, a jumpsuit completely undone, undone. to like, the navel and lower. I'd never <laughs> seen uh, Jake McDormand before, but no. he is. He's really good. He's really good. There's there's something kind of Kurt Russell about him. Well, I was going to say, he reminds me of Kurt and Goldie's kids. Oh, Wyatt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's in um, Captain America. Yeah. Yes. There was something about him that like had that kind of vibe. He's so funny. He yeah. is so funny. Um, also, like when when we say, "How did this get made?" Because I can't work out how you even pitched this idea. It's also on Peacock, and Peacock is one of the lesser known it's platforms yeah. in the states. And it's like, like you know, you're seeing all these shithouse shows being made, like on Amazon, like Citadel, which looks. Awful. Citadel looks like the kind of show I will enjoy. I mean, I just watched the entire series of The Night Agent on Netflix, which is terrible. And Hong Chow is wearing a wig that looks like a hate crime. But it's, I enjoyed it because it's really, like, I, I can see where it's going. It's, it's you know. It's, it's funny. I know, I know some people that watch The Night Agent who actually think it's quite good, but, but say exactly what you're saying. Yeah. But it's, they, they think it's good. Yeah, it's weird because like they swear, and I'm like, "Isn't this a network show?" Oh no, it's on Netflix. Right, right like right. it's fine. She could, Hong yeah. Chao can drop the f bomb, but I'm like, yeah. it just feels weird because it feels like a really, yeah, you know, like a kind of like half-assed NCIS or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's just you know, it's a really straightforward show. It feels like a a Kiefer Sutherland show that Kiefer was like, "Oh no, I'm not making that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know you've pitched it to me and written it for me, but I've I've made better versions. Yeah, of this. I, I made well. This Citadel. Uh, Alan Seppenwall did a review of Citadel yes. and said it is a three hundred million dollar blunder. It is so. That's all of the bland. Amazon shows. Like so many of them feel like they're made by an algorithm. Well, that's that's the that's and, what we've heard about. And I I like Mrs. Davis feels like it's made by an algorithm. But, but humans who understand how algorithms work. But oh no, it feels like it's. I mean, the fact that it's about an algorithm. Yeah. But it also feels like it's made in that way of. It's almost like a, a, an executive said, "Here's the things everyone likes." Yeah. And someone's gone. All of those things can't fit in the same show, and then went. Maybe they can. Maybe they can. <laughs> Maybe they can. It's 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 a it's a it's a TV show about a nun who was raised by magicians who seems to hate magicians who wants and he's to hunting get, them down who's hunting them down and wants to get revenge at this algorithm for killing her 
father who her mother doesn't believe is dead with a secret society that is passing on the grail that they've all agreed is an on-the-nose MacGuffin. And also, just in case you didn't think this was bonkers enough, Simone, who is a nun, manages to go to a place where she catches up with her husband, who is in fact... Jesus. Well, all nuns are married to Jesus. But, but th- this is what I mean. It's like, so this is like, it feels really blasphemous, but it's also nuns are married to Jesus. It's and the, in this late, in the last episode, yeah. when Jesus is kind of going, uh, like, I'm. You knew like, the you, deal. You, you know, I'm married to heaps of nuns. Yes. <laughs> and it's the implication being, you're not the only nun. You're not the only nun. You're not the only one in my life. When she angrily ate that full cake, oh I my was God. wrapped. Like I'm, we're so like again. Betty Gilpin is just compelling. Compelling, even eating a cake. Yeah. So the uh, king cake, like it's the whole. And every nearly, episode and choking on the baby. Yeah. Ah! Every episode is berserk, like the weird pope and his weird doppelganger. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it, it is. It is one of those shows where it's like. Oh, yeah, remember when she was young and she opened the door she wasn't meant to open and she got fucking shot with an arrow? I know. Oh, my God. Elizabeth Marvel is incredible. Oh, yeah. Like, Like, she's always great. I love her and everything. But she's particularly terrifying in this. Did you watch The Dropout? No. She played um, the mum in that as well. Right, right. Just in a way that kind of made you go, oh, you are really good at playing a mum who's just a little bit cold and making people behave a little bit weird. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, there was a whole episode called Excalibur Battle. Uh, yeah, about about like this is a thing. I feel like Lindelof watches a lot of reality television and goes, "How can I turn this into uh, a script?" Or maybe yeah. he just watches Survivor. Like you know how Lost felt like, yeah, Survivor. Yeah, but batshit crazy. Yeah, and you know, just like in Survivor, when you get someone's entire backstory, they're voted off the show. Yeah. In Lost, you got someone's entire backstory, they got killed by a smoke monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it all makes sense. And this was this was an episode based on those Lost challenges where, I mean, Lost challenges, Survivor challenges, yeah. where people have to just stand on a stick for like two days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just the same thing. I was like, how has he turned this like... Into an actual dramatic episode, like this well, is very strange. Also, or once comedic. again, the uh, the joke of every time someone wanted to talk to him using a, t- a two tin tins with a bit of string. string. I know, and them saying, "I can't believe this actually works so well." This is, <laughs> this is great. Their co- their comedic timing is great. What happened at the end of the episode four? So, are we now at the end of episode four? Is the Grail something that turned up in an advert that yep. they made because they spent too much money on shoes? Yeah. It's fucking funny, but and so also funny. just like I will say one thing, one problem I have with it, and I had one of my listeners, lovely Damo, um, who listens to Adam Richard has a theory, was suggesting people watch this. He goes, "It's got a kind of Doctor Who vibe," and I was like, "I don't know what you mean." And I've realised the vibe is Stephen Moffat era Doctor Who, right? Where sometimes. I don't think he signposted what was a joke and what wasn't a joke in the script. Right. So things were delivered as if they were of great import. Yeah. And they were stupid jokes. Yeah. Or throwaway kind of ideas. Well, maybe, the, but maybe they've I, been told to do it that way. Yeah, maybe. And I feel like this is the same thing. It's like, is this meant to be part of the ongoing narrative or is this just a joke? Like, is this... I Like, sometimes I can't... And the jokes sometimes make me go... I don't know if I care because it's too silly. And then other times I'm like, oh, no, I'm really into it now. Like one joke that kind of shat me was turning up to the bakery, finding it had been burnt down and that she just had the words the wrong way around and the other one was next door. And I'm like, yeah, it's a funny moment. But then I'm like. Yeah, but you kind of undercut like the thrust and parry of the. But also that was show. that was kind of like ninety seconds of something that wasn't needed. Yeah, but then also, but still, for, it's 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 an insane show, and I kind yeah. of I keep watching it because I'm like, well, maybe, yeah, like maybe the next one will explain whether. Oh, no, the next one's done nothing. That that thing's just happened, been and gone now. Well, to, once again, getting back to uh, Seppenwall, he said this this. TV show is tonally all over the place. All over the place. And then he said, and I kind of love it. Yeah. I, I think I think the thing is that because they just lean into the comedy so hard yeah. that you just kind of accept 
Yeah, like, you know, there, there were a lot of hilarious jokes about um, Wiley having a mustache. She's like, how do you eat through that thing? I'm like, eat fine. Like, you know, yeah, just yeah, all that kind yeah. of thing. But then you see them flash back to when they were together and it's like, he's still got the mustache. Yeah. Like, that wasn't a surprise for you. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I'd forgotten that. And you just go, oh, so for them that was just a joke. Yeah. And, and it's because we're so used to with kind of like ongoing narratives, taking things as they've been said, as if they're gospel and yeah. they mean something. Yeah. Um, whereas in comedy, things that are said are jokes and they don't mean anything yeah. until one day someone decides to pay it off. Like, yeah. let's make Jenny Piccolo a character. Yeah. You know, Chandler talks about his dad being a drag queen and then you actually cast Kathleen Turner to play yeah. Helena Handbasket. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's like, well, it's, it's that weird thing of like, comedy is, you know, so much, so many throwaway things, but this is also trying to set up like a weird mythology because it's science fictional and it's, yeah. so it's sometimes a throwaway joke. You're like, is that a throwaway joke or are you creating more lore here? Like what is, yeah. And i sometimes find that difficult because yeah. it's a tonal thing. It's like. I feel like that was a gag and I don't need to care about it. But then what if it comes back? <laughs> yeah. No, like the shoe thing. Like why is Jag and Hagar from uh, Game of Thrones obsessed with those shoes? Right. And then you find out, oh, he's got a f- giant warehouse full of those shoes. And he wants to know where he got them. Why does he have all the shoes? Um, <laughs> just uh, I've just drawn a blank on his name uh, and I'm desperately trying to look it up to finish on this but um god uh, anyway i'll just you you'll remember mm. um her dad who, oh uh david arquette david arquette thank you so good so good anyway he's great he's, he's bonkers just, oh bonkers sh- like yeah. basically playing a low rent david copperfield yeah who's because they're in reno it's it's not yeah. even it's not even vegas yeah like it's the it's the crap other gambling town in nevada yeah. and he's <laughs> He's just a good showman, but yeah. he's a dipstick. Yeah, he's a anyway. dipstick. His wife is the most intelligent one. I'm worried that we're going to find out that what was being built in the the room that she wasn't allowed to go in is Mrs. Davis. Oh, right. I, I'm worried that Mrs. Davis is her mum. Oh, right. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Oh, well, let's uh, throw it out there. It's, that's, that's my fear. Yeah. But I'm... Um, you know what, Mike? So... Maybe Mrs. Davis is God. Maybe. And Jesus is working for... Yeah. I wondered why she kept eating the stuff that she was given. It was because she was in Jesus' land. Yeah, it was really strange. Anyway, um, you have to go. And um, <laughs> But uh, I just just quickly, I, um, I, I mentioned this to Will Anderson. Oh, yes. And uh, he was texting Don't me. Don't tell a stone person to watch this show. That is a bad idea. Mate, he was te- so he watched all four in a row. <laughs> and he was texting me at different points like... He, de- he texted me once an episode at different points mm. and essentially the text messages all said the same thing, which was essentially, how did this get made? How did this get made? And that's great. I, like, I, and also, how did they get so many great actors in it? Like Margot yeah. Martindale's in it. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. um, oh, the woman that plays the fake mum who also was in Silicon Valley Silicon, and right. was in Lucky Hank. Yeah, um, she's, she's great. A- amazing. Yeah. Uh, and there's just like so many... Bonkers yeah. cameos. You're like, yeah. how are you in this? Yeah, what are you doing here? Well, I, I guess Lindelof has good cachet, yeah, as well. And in uh, the other creator, where does she come from? Tara. Uh, she used to. I think she was an assistant on Big Bang Theory. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an interesting amalgamation of sensibilities. And it's very strange. Yeah, and it's great. And it's and it's expensive looking. It looks really expensive. Like they've spent a lot of money building that windmill place. I don't think that's a real place. Well, I don't reckon Excalibur Battle is a real Excalibur place either. Excalibur Battle is definitely that, not that, a real that place. Looked, um, <laughs> looked like a really big sword. They're at the Vatican for some reason. They're at the Vatican. <laughs> Never not funny. All right, uh, you've got to go. Oh, also, Katja Herbers is in it. Oh, yeah. I love her. She's great. Like, it's insane. I feel like she has to, like, she's got to come back. Like, you can't just have her in two seats. Like, 
I like, love her too much. You would think so, but, but who knows? Who knows? This who show's knows? crazy. Um, <laughs> where can people find you? Uh, Adam Richard has a theory. Is my daily podcast ostensibly about Doctor Who, although I did go on about Star Trek Picard for a really long time the other day. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> it's all adjacent. Yeah, it's all adjacent. Uh, and also, uh, we have started up again. Me, I am a memoir. The meaning of the meaning of Mariah Carey. Yes. And very soon we're heading back into the regular verse, which is where we listen to J Lo albums. Right. And we don't like them. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, I did see I did see that that uh, podcast was back because I saw you guys apologising that it was back. <laughs> we're, we're terrible. Uh, that's great. And uh, people can find me here after this little break. Thank you for listening today and thank you to Adam for joining me for that chat. Check out those TV shows if they sound uh, to your liking. They're all great and they're all uh, interesting and fun on, on on so many different levels. Uh, check out Mrs. Davis if you can. That is really something else. Uh, once again, a quick reminder for anyone living in Canberra, May 3rd, I will be at the Canberra Comedy Club uh, performing with uh, a bunch of locals and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So I'd love to see you if you have time to uh, come along. And uh, also, if you're checking out those TV shows and uh, have some thoughts, head over to the Big Squid Facebook page and let me know what you think. I'll be back next week. So I hope you enjoyed the weekend. Until then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.